0: So I'm excited. I'm going to talk for three weeks about the idea of the search for significance. And I was trying to come up with something catchy. And, uh, you know, I love I, I love titles, sometimes even more than messages. Like sometimes a title will just speak to my soul and I'm like, Man, I appreciate that. There's some time and effort that went into this, and uh, this one wasn't coming. I was, I was wrestling with this idea, and I want to talk about how I came to uh, this series title, but I, I was thinking one day that, that this, I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to start off with a statement, and we're going to build off from there, and the statement is this. Tell me if you agree or disagree with this statement, because this could go sideways real fast, but I'm hoping it doesn't. Everybody is looking for something in life, yes or no? Yes. Okay. We're on the right track, Ryan. We're we're tracking in the right direction here this morning. Everything is everyone that exists is looking for something in life. Now, everyone uh, wants to mean something. They they want to have their life count for something. Is that right? I think you do. I, I know I do. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to kind of get a little bit older and, 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 and get up there and age and then look back and, and everybody, you know, the one thing that they can say t- about me is, wow, that guy, he was really good at binging Netflix. And that's the legacy. I, I, I don't know about you. I want something a little bit more. Now, listen, I enjoy binging Netflix from time to time. You know, sometimes it's good to put something that's just brainless on and, 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 and you just, you know, forget about everything for a moment. Uh, but if, that's, if that becomes your life, if, if you get home from work and Netflix is on, and it's on while you're making dinner, and it's, it's on while you're sleeping, and it's, you know, there's is we got to reevaluate. that. For me, that's kind of a life that is not living to its fullest potential, right? And so I, I think that we can really agree on the idea that everybody is looking for something, and I guess we got to talk about what is that something? What is the something that we're really looking for? Right? And so everybody wants to have their life matter in some way, shape or form. I do. And 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 whether you call it significance, which is what we're going to talk a little bit about today, or maybe you call it purpose or or some people say I'm looking for meaning in my life or something else, there's an innate desire in each of us for our life to count, to matter in some way, shape or form, to have significance and or Purpose. I don't know about you, but I think one of the things that drives me crazy is when I see people running around life with, with what seems to be no purpose, no rhyme or no reason. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and they're just running around and, and either just putting out fires or, or or just 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 existing, not contributing. I don't know about you. Uh, but I was, when I was younger, I used to get voluntold to do a lot of things. Voluntold means you don't have an option. You've been told, but someone has volunteered your time and your strength and your efforts and giftings on your behalf, and you have no choice. You just got to show up and do it. And one of the things that I used to get volunteered for, for a lot was to help people move. I know. I'm like, I'm like the, 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 the right kind of picture of someone in their you know, physical form at its best. And so for some reason, I'd always get picked to help move people. And, and, and I remember I would go and I would help people move. And you all know me. I like to sweat on a cold day and, and on a hot day when I'm moving boxes left, right, and center. I mean, it's, I'm losing. It's, it's a good workout plan, really. And, 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 I'm, and I'm going. And something that always, but there's always one person in every move who seems to be doing nothing. They have no purpose, they have no reason, they have no business being there because they're just standing in the way, getting in the way, asking a million different questions that doesn't mean anything. And if you're that person, I bless you, but let's get it together, <laughs> right? I don't know about you, but there's nothing worse than when you're exercising or when you're, when you're doing what you're doing and there's people that, that just seem to be standing in your way with no purpose or reason. It's like, get out of the way. You're making things complicated. I'll just do it myself. Us men, we're 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 good at this, right? Someone's doing it, but they're not doing it the right way. Right? Get out of the way. Peter's nodding yes. Apparently you've you've dealt with this, right? get out of the way, let me do it, I'll just do it, it's fine, I'll do it the right way, you know, and we go for it. And, and so we want to count, we want it to, to, our lives to mean something. We don't want to be running around like a scatterbrain and, and, and not really have any purpose or reason or just existing. I don't know about you, but I think we were created for more. Anybody agree with that statement? I think that God has put a desire in us for more. And, and I think it's the thing that really pushes us in our growth. And it pushes us to get to know Him. Because I don't know about you, but I've kind of figured something out in life. I haven't figured out all things in life, but I figured some things out in life. And I figured out this pretty quickly, that the closer I get to Jesus, come on, the closer that I am to him and, and the more that I spend time with him and, and the get to know him and worship him and, and, and spend my time reading the word that he's left for me. And, and as I get to know him, things, I, Adam alluded to this, Pastor Adam alluded to this, things just sort of have this way of working out. And things have a way of just kind of working themselves into my life and working out of my life. And so we long to be something, to be someone. But all too often, uh, we look to things that that really are the wrong kind of things to look at. Sometimes we look at career. I mean, I've seen people try to climb the corporate ladder all the way up just to get to the ladder and realize there's not much there, right? This is weird. Have you figured this out? Oh, you're on the wrong ladder. That's true. You figure this out, right, you're you're going for it and and you're giving your all and and you get that big raise, come on somebody, maybe this has happened to you. You get that big raise that you've been looking for in some way, shape or form, you're either left with the same amount of money on your paycheck because you make more money and someone decides to take more away from you. I'm not gonna say who, right, it's backwards, you work hard, you, you do everything you're supposed to do the right way, you get that big raise and your paycheck is less, right? How does that make sense? Right? For me, that just tells me that I'm just maybe putting my trust in something that is broken, a broken system. Right? Uh, what about this uh, career? What was status? People find great pleasure in status. I'm the man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're the man, all right, and you have that attitude. You're going to be a lonely man. Right? Anybody who has the attitude like, I'm the man. I'm it. I'm the boss. I know about you, but I stay away from those people. You can be the boss of you. That's cool. I'm out. <laughs> I don't need this. So people chase status. What else? They chase wealth only to realize you can buy all the stuff out there at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, there's still something inside that's just not being filled. I Listen, I'm not against stuff. I like stuff. I like toys. I, I like it all. But at the end of the day, I understand that my truck ain't going to save me. Come on, my truck's not going to heal me. My, my, my truck gives me great pleasure from time to time when, you know, you, you need that extra boost, and it's like, yeah, you got it. But at the end of the day, it's not going to sit there and hold my hand and comfort me, right? It's just a thing. It's a thing that gets me from point A to point B faster than walking at the end of the day. So, status, relationship, wealth. Some people find some sort of a pleasure in relationships. And they're great. They're awesome. I love relationships. I love friendships. It's, it's encouraging, right? But there's more. And accolades. Here's the thing. Man, I... I remember, anybody remember when you were young and you were maybe on a sports team or something that you were doing and you probably got an award and, and I remember when I was young I used to play hockey and it's the Canadian thing to do and, and I was pretty good at it and because I was pretty good at it I, I got a lot of trophies and I remember every time I got a trophy it was like yeah, right? And you put that trophy up in your room to break at how good you are. You know what happened to those trophies? I don't know either, right? They meant a lot to me at that moment, but I don't even know where they're at. I, we probably threw them out at some point. So at the end of the day, accolades are great. And, 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 it's, and it's this recognition of your hard work and what you've done and who you are. And that's amazing. And we celebrate that. But the praise of man comes and goes so easily. The same people that are praising you one moment can be berating you the next. And so it's, it's a faulty system. It's a broken system. And at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but... Um, you know, if, 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 if I start trusting in the opinion of man and I start taking the opinion of man for my own life, I'm going to end up in trouble, right? Because it's a broken system. And, and so we're looking, you know, maybe to temporary solutions rather than a permanent solution, and so why do people spend thousands of dollars on transforming their bodies or their faces with surgeries so that people think differently of them, right? That's what we do. I hear, I hear, I hear some ladies, sometimes I hear some men, but I, mostly the ladies. I'm not sure what it's all about. But like, oh, if I could just get a little tuck here, and if I could just pull this back and get a little of this, and, and they talk and they dream. And I'm like, girl, you, it's all right. You're created the way that you were meant to be. Live it up. Own it, right? Don't worry about it, right? I'm starting to get wrinkles. I don't know how to handle it, right? But here's what I came to the conclusion of. Every wrinkle that I get, I'm just going to wear like a badge of honor. It's, it's, It's... it's just a sign of the, the, the things that I've been through, the things that I've survived, the things that I've overcome. Come on. I'm just going to wear it as a badge. I'm not even going to get, listen, come on. I'm not even going to get worried about it, right? It's just a badge of honor, really, when you get down to it. So, so people spend thousands and thousands of dollars. My wife is trying to convince me right now to get Botox. you imagine me with Botox? You wouldn't... I'd get up here and you wouldn't even be able to look at me straight. I won't even be able to look at myself straight. Now listen, this is, a, this is not to make me more pretty, assuming that I'm a little bit pretty. This is, this is, this is to help the sweating situation. Like just get Botox in your forehead. It'll stop the sweating. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm wrestling with this idea because I'm like, sweating is the body's way of trying to cool itself off. And now you're stopping it, which means I'm going to be hotter. And I don't know if it's possible to be any hotter than I am. I don't know. Minus 40, and this guy's sweating, turning into little ice beads on his forehead. Doesn't make sense. Right? So, some people, that's what they go to. Some people like to spend thousands of dollars on self help conferences and all sorts of other stuff. You know, and I I I ain't got nothing wrong. I I, I don't see anything wrong with that. That's okay if that's what what you want to do. But at the end of the day, come on. At the end of the day, what we got to recognize is what we're trying to do is we're trying to fill the void that is in our heart. We're trying to find a reason. Why am I here? Why do I exist? Is there something better for me? So why do we overspend? Why do we try to impress people who couldn't care less about our well-being or success as they're too concerned with their own? Why? Well, because at the end of the day, we all want to matter. We all want to count. Deep inside of us, there is this desire uh, to need, to want, to matter. We want to matter. We want our life to count. So, that being said, this three-week series comes from a place of wrestling with this idea that maybe, just maybe, what we think is significant in this life isn't all that important in the light of eternity. I've been wrestling with this idea for some time now, and and maybe we just find out that what we think is insignificant actually matters a little bit more than we give it credit for. And so I've been wrestling with this idea for some time now, and actually, I actually need to give credit where credit is due. Um, I started wrestling with this idea, and here we go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out myself here now. I started wrestling with this idea after I watched a Netflix series, I was having a weak moment, called Speak Joy. Anybody ever watched Speak Joy? Okay, let me tell you who it's by. It's, it's, it's this lady called Marie Kondo. Does anybody know Marie Kondo? Okay, we got a couple people. Only the girls are nodding at me right now. This is very embarrassing. Marie Kondo is this cute little lady who goes around and helps people organize their life and their home. Okay. And the idea is she goes into these houses that are either cluttered or, or have all sorts of stuff everywhere, and, and uh, they go in, and, and she goes in and she helps. And, and she, 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 she has a unique style. She talks to the people, and in her broken English, she, she says, does this spark joy? So they'll go through the closet. Anybody have a closet that is busting at the seams right now? It's, it's church. Be honest right now. Okay. You have a closet that's busting at the seams. Does anybody have two closets that are busting at the seams? Does anybody have three? Anybody have a storage room that if you try to pack one more thing in there, it might end up a national disaster, right? So you need Speak Joy and you need Marie Kondo in your life. And so you're welcome. You can watch it. It's good, right? And so we're watching this and here's what happens is she brings everything out and she makes two piles. One pile is the keep pile. It's the spark joy pile. The other pile is the donate pile. And she goes through everything, and she'll hold it up, and she says, does this spark joy? And the idea is this. Is anything that is not adding to your life, anything that is not bringing joy to your life, can go. Because we tend to hold on to things for longer than we should as humans, right? I know this because you probably, in your garage, have trophies from when you played hockey when you were seven years old. I don't know where mine are, but you might, right? Or we keep, I have a sweater that I've had since I was 12 years old. I'd love to say it still fits, but it doesn't. And for some reason, every time I try to go throw it out, I can't, part of the reasons is, I found this out, someone working behind the scenes. This sweater was one of the first sweaters that I wore when I met Melissa. So romantic, right? There's a memory attached to it. There's joy attached to it. So every time, there's no joy for me attached to it. It's just a sweater I used to wear all the time that doesn't fit anymore and is taking up space in my closet, right? And every time I go to try to get rid of it, she goes, no, 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 don't do it. (laughs) You gotta keep it. I'm like, but it sits on the closet floor, every day, day in, day out, never to come out, never to be worn. I'm like, just think about how lonely it is. Just, Just think about it, just sitting there saying, somebody, please wear me. Right? So she's talking about this and, 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 and as we were doing this, something amazing happened. We finished the first episode and we were on our way to organizing the snot out of our house. We were in the car. We were heading towards a store that is just meant for organization. We, we spent all sorts of money. We went through our piles, spark joy, no spark joy, yada, yada, yada. And as we were doing that, I started thinking about this. First of all, I thought this is fun because purging is fun. Getting rid of stuff you don't need is actually fun when you get to it, right? And, and then you're left with a closet that is not so busting at the seams, makes it easier to find what you want, what you need, what you like. You don't have to go through things that you don't want or need and like, right? And so this is actually kind of fun because we're going through it, and it's happening, and it's going, and, and I'm really enjoying it. And as I'm doing it, I start thinking to myself, I'm like, well, what if this idea applies in other areas of my life rather than just clothes and junk? What if I start thinking and have the mindset of, is this significant to who I want to become? Is this adding to the person that I want to be? Or is it making me take a few steps backwards? And all of a sudden, I started, I started thinking about my life, and I started thinking about all the things that I thought were really important and really significant in my life right? And I started going through these things, and one by one, I started eliminating some things out of my life, and I started adding some things into my life. Why? So that I could grow and become the man of God that he wanted me to be. And, and, and so we're here, and this is what brought me to this idea. So I've been wrestling with this idea for some time now, and we're going to take some time in the next three weeks to talk about this idea of significance versus insignificance, We're going to talk about what the difference is. We're going to talk about the areas in our lives that we can look at and that we can adjust so that we can become the people of God that he has called us to be, okay? And so I want to start off by just sharing the the, the thought frame of where I'm coming from. So before we get going any further, let's take a moment and pray. Father in heaven, God, I want to thank you for this day. And I want to thank you this morning. As you look upon each and every one of us, Lord, that you smile because you see significance. You see importance. Lord, you look at us and you love us. I thank you that there is a plan, that there is a purpose. And today, Father, you're just helping us push along into the place that you have set aside for us. Help us today, Lord, to receive your word with gladness and may it bring change into our lives. In your name we pray, amen. And so... What do I mean when I talk about the idea of significance? Well, let me just give you a a definition. By definition, significance means this, to be sufficiently great or important to be worthy of attention. And so if you're significant, your life, or what you do, or who you are, is worthy of attention. You, you, you are noteworthy. They're, when people think about you, they take a pause and, and they think about you and, and they're looking at your life and they're looking at the results of their life and they're looking at your attitude and the way you speak and the way you act, how you treat others. All of this is very important. Another definition for significant is to have meaning, that you have a purpose, a reason to be here having or likely, look at this, to have influence or effect. So if you're significant, then in some way, shape, or form, your life, just by existing, has importance to it. There are people who depend on you. There are people who are looking to you. There are people who are encouraged by you and lifted up just by you being you. And I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. And look at this. One of the last definitions I found was, probably caused by something other than mere chance. Wow. Something that is caused by something other than mere chance. So that means that there is intention behind your life. There is purpose. There is reason. And I don't know about you, but I spent the first 16, 17 years of my life not understanding the truth or the fact that there is significance to my life, that I'm more than just a blurb that there is some reason why I am here, right? There is, there is, there is a greater intention behind my life than I acknowledged. And that only really came to light when I had an encounter with Jesus. Synonyms of significance uh, are, are, are these. Your life is compelling or important, momentous, powerful, big, consequential. Do you know your life is consequential? That's amazing, Meaningful, notable, noteworthy, and substantial. These are the ideas that I want to talk about, and I want you to understand as I, as I say the word significant moving forward. Now, on the, on the flip side of things, the word insignificant is defined as this. Too small or unimportant to be worth consideration. I don't know about you, but I've had times in my life where someone spoke words to me or about me that would want to minimize who I am or what I am. Come on. I think we've all encountered this at some point or another. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a boss. Maybe it was someone significant in your life. Maybe it was a spouse. Maybe it was a child. I I don't know, right? But I do know this. At some point, some way, shape, or form, someone would try to minimize who and what you are. Why? That's a reason between them and God. But they are trying to take out their issues by pointing the finger at you. That's the way that they're trying to deal with it. And I know about you, but I oftentimes uh, find myself in a position where the enemy is trying to whisper to me to try to tell me that what I do or who I am is too small or unimportant. And I normally kind of flip the script on that by realizing that if he's trying to tell me that I'm unimportant or too small and he's the father of lies, then the chances are is that for some reason that I have yet to figure out my life is actually important and stands for something, right? And sometimes instead of just giving in to the whispers or the lies or the little hummings that we hear here or there, sometimes we just got to take a step back and be like, if that's being said right now to me, what is the opposite of that? Because rightly, that's exactly what is true about me, right? And so we go on. What else? Without power or influence. If you are insignificant, you have no power, you have no influence, what you do, what you say, who you are is of no effect to anyone or anything. I don't know about you, but I felt, I have felt insignificant at times, where I didn't matter, where I didn't count. I felt like sometimes my life was meaningless, okay? Uh, cinnamons include unimportant, inconsequential, petty, pointless, worthless. You get the picture here, okay? So let me start with just a couple statements about you and I that we should know but more than know that we should believe and act with. For some of you, these statements might be a little bit foreign. Maybe you're just trying to figure this out. Maybe you're fairly new to the faith, or maybe you've been in the faith for a while, but you're still wrestling with this idea, okay? So I'm gonna make these statements, and where they land with you, I just want you to have an open heart and understand that this is how God sees you. And this is him speaking, this is, this is not my personal opinion, although my opinion of you uh, matches up with his opinion of you, okay? And so here, I wanna share uh, from scripture because I think that's a good place to go. Genesis 1, 26, it said, "'Then God said, let us make human beings in our image "'to be like us. "'They will reign over the fish in the sea "'and the birds in the sky, the livestock, "'all the wild animals on the earth, "'and the small things that scurry along the ground.'" So God created human beings in his own what? In his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So here's the first thing I want you to understand. Each and every one of you in this room, and even those who are online, God created you in his image. That means you're not junk. Come on. That means you're not a mistake. That means that there's purpose and there is reason and there is great significance in your life. And I don't know about you, but that gives me great hope. Knowing that I wasn't a mistake, come on. Some of you know my story, but I'm not even supposed to be here. My mom was told she would never have children. I was the determined one out of the whole bunch, I guess. Right? I'm not even supposed to be here. So when I read things like this, it makes a lot of sense to a guy like me. Because growing up, I was believing in the narrative that I was a mistake. It was like a whoops situation. Right? And then I read this and I realize that I've been made in the very image of God himself. And all of a sudden, my shoulders kind of perk up and my my head kind of takes a nod in the right direction instead of hanging down all the time, feeling defeated, or like I'm just walking through this life trying to get by day by day. All of a sudden, I find myself with great purpose and reason. And so you know what that speaks to me? If I'm made in the image of God, then obviously I take on certain characteristics of my Heavenly Father. You ever start getting older and all of a sudden you start doing things that your parents did that you swore you would never do? Oh, isn't that fun? It's like a moment of revelation. You do something like I do certain things that my dad does and I used to make fun of him for doing them and now I'm doing them and as soon as Levi can talk, I'm sure he'll start making fun of me for doing them and then I'll laugh at him in 25, 30 years that he'll be doing them, right? We just tend to take on the characteristics, good or bad, of people that we're around and here I realize there's certain things like, you know, when I get beside my dad, uh, people say, well, you are your dad's son. It's like, yes, thank you. It says on the birth certificate, right? But when they see me and my dad standing side by side, right, they go, wow, it's undeniable. Why? Because there's certain characteristics of him that are in me right and it's the same way when we realize that our heavenly father we are made created in his image so there's certain things about him that are in us look at this you're not weak we don't serve a weak god right i mean there's no description of him in the bible that alludes to the fact that he is weak mightyless, powerless on the contrary everywhere i look through the word of god I mean, there's descriptions of how mighty he is, how awesome he is, how powerful he is, how great he is, how wonderful he is, how beautiful he is. When I see his name and I see the description, it is only ever good stuff. And then I start thinking, well, wait a second. My lightning sharp mind, as Pastor Mike would say, alludes to the fact that, wait a second, If he's that, then I'm made in his image. Then there's pieces of that that are already inside of me. And if my life is not aligning to that, well, it's not him. I just got to make some small adjustments in my life so that I could be more like him. And so this is an amazing opportunity to recognize that you're not weak. You're not a mistake. You're not ugly. You're not for no reason. There is purpose and reason behind your life. And you are made in the design of and from the hands of God himself. Look at this scripture, Psalm 139. It says, you formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside. Some of you need to hear this. Your outside is intricate come on. You are unique. You are beautiful. And wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. You ever think about yourself and be like, man, I am, I am so complex, right? I went to, uh, I went, uh, to therapy a, a few years ago. I was dealing with some stuff, and I just really didn't know where to go and where to turn. And I just said, you know, I'm just going to get an opinion. I went to a Christian therapist, and uh, we started talking and he's like so what we're going to start doing is we're going to start peeling back the layers. Right? And I said, "Doc, I know you charge by the hour. I might have to go get a loan from the from the bank because I feel like there's so many layers to my life." I feel like sometimes it's so complex, and every time I kind of figure out one area in my life, you know what happens? Another area of my life needs some attention. And when I'm focused on that, this area, I'm like, man, I just, you know, have you ever felt that way? They're just like, you're so complex? Well, yeah. Look at you're, you're made to be complex. It's an okay thing. Everything you do, the Bible says, is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed Every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Wow. That's a nice statement. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. I want that to sink in every single moment of every single day. God is thinking. Of, some of you have been feeling like no one's remembered you, that you've been forgotten, that you've, you, you, you've been ignored. Listen, God, the, the, the creator of heaven and earth, the Savior of your soul is thinking about you every single moment. Wow. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought Oh God, your desires towards me are more than grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you are still with me. Wow. Wow. I don't know if you've ever been on a beach before. There's lots of sand. And the thoughts that God thinks towards you far outnumber the grains of sand on every beach, every desert every sand pit on this earth. Does that sound like something that is insignificant? That is small or petty? No. You are worth it. That's what he's trying to tell us. That you are worth it. That he thinks about you. That, that you're on the, the, the thoughts of God. That he's constantly looking at you, thinking about you, smiling. He's rejoicing over your life. Come on. he is there with you every single moment of every single day. Wow. So the idea for the next three weeks is that we start to build on the idea that what God sees as significant should be significant to us. And what is insignificant should be insignificant to us as well and so i'm going to start with the scripture found in isaiah 55 it says my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts says the lord and my ways are far beyond anything that you can imagine just as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts so we see here that the way that we think and the way that we reason anybody ever reason I'm, I'm an, anybody an overthinker here? Right? Okay, so I, I feel your struggle. I'm, I'm an overthinker. I, I go to bed at nighttime and I, I need like about an hour and a half cool down time. My wife, she can be talked, she's talking to me and she can fall asleep. That is no lie. I get so jealous. I'm like, how in the middle of a sentence do you fall asleep? I can understand if I'm in the middle of a sentence and you fall asleep, but you're the one talking, and you're like, so tomorrow we got this, and then we're going to go over here, and <laughs> what? Meanwhile, I'm up there. I'm thinking about things that I said, things that I did, things that I got to do. All of a sudden, I th- start thinking, did I, put the, did I put the lid back on the peanut butter? Um, oh yeah, I remember that gray sweater that's four sizes too small for me. I should really get rid of that while Melissa's sleeping. Um, I start thinking about everything and anything. I start, and I'm an overthinker and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going through life and, I'm, and, and I start to realize, wow, I think way too much. We see here that the way that we think or reason is often in contradiction to how God thinks. And so obviously, that means that we need to listen to this, adjust how we see, adjust how we speak, think, and act so that our life begins to line up to his life. Are you with me? Good. So how do we align ourselves with this mode of thinking, okay? How do we align ourselves with this? Well, Scripture says in Philippians 2, it says this, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind let us esteem others beyond than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we see through scripture that the first way that we align ourselves with this mode of thinking is that we understand that our significance is to align our thoughts with his. When we begin to think the way that he thinks and see the way that he sees, then we begin to understand what significance really is. And we need to get ourselves on the right page concerning what is significant, okay? And so the first thing I want to talk to you about, and I've got three points for you in 15 minutes, is this. I want to talk to you about your words. I want to speak to you today about your words. That was all of my intro just to get to this point, but we got three weeks, remember? Whew, take a breath. We've got three weeks to work this idea out inside of us. But here's what I've learned about words. Oftentimes we speak as though our words are insignificant. Come on, I don't know about you, but I'm still a work in progress. And sometimes the old flesh wants to come out. And sometimes I say things and I don't really mean them, but maybe it's just a moment of weakness. Maybe it's a, a moment of you dealing with some anger. Maybe. Maybe it's a working through some hurt, but you say something. like, I remember uh, in, in uh, youth days, one of my pastors, my youth pastor was preaching, and he said a, something that I've heard about a thousand times since. But he said this, and it, it shaped the way that I started to live my life. He said, hurt people hurt other people. And I said, I don't want to be one of those people. I want to be a person that's able to, 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 in a healthy way, process what I'm feeling so that I don't project what's going on inside of me on other people's and think I'm getting away scotch-free. I've realized that that never never leads to true healing. Actually, when we operate that way, we foster more pain and discomfort for other people around us. And so I started thinking about this, and I started thinking about the idea that my words that I speak are significant. They carry weight. Actually, the Bible's intensely clear about how powerful your words are, but sometimes we speak as if they don't have any power at all. Right? Look at what Proverbs says about this idea. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You will eat its fruit. And so we see here through Scripture that when we speak, we have the power of life and death. We can build up and resuscitate and bring healing by the words that we speak or by the same mouth can come an attitude of pulling down, destroying, breaking people's will. Come on. There's some people that their only intention in life is to make others suffer as much as they have suffered. Right? That's their goal in life, and I am telling you, it is not a good place to be. And so if you're taking notes, point number one is we need to learn how to speak life. If you want to live a life that is significant, or you want to make sure that the things that are significant to God are significant to you, then we got to start with the way that we speak. And we've got to align our words with speaking life. I I come from a family of chatters, right? I come by it honestly. Uh, I've told this story a lot of times, but just for brief reference, my mother, when I was growing up, would speak to everybody and anybody. She's the type that we would be at Byway and I'd be buying my Velcro shoes and my mom had a mission in life to make me as uncool as I could be and everybody was getting nice shoes and I was getting the Velcros at Byway. like Not even Wolco. Listen, some of you people here today, you're like, what is Wolco? Look it up. Google it. You'll find out. Right? Byway, look it up. Right? Like back in the days, come on, if you know Byway, you know what I'm talking about. Byway was the the least coolest place you could ever go to. Like if you got caught in byway, say goodbye to your social life. When my right? When my mom would walk in, I would sit on the bench outside. Hey, how's it going, Brian? No, I'm fine. My mom's in byway. Hey, Brian, are you size 7 or size 8? Oh boy, there it goes. Damage control needed, right? <laughs> Man. Buy me those Velcro shoes. I still remember. I'm still suffering from it. <laughs> Words are amazing, though, right? Words are amazing. Look at this scripture, Galatians 6. Now, I want, we use this for a lot of different reasons, but I want you to just hear me out on this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed or treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows... This and this only is what he will reap. And I want you to take that scripture and throw it into the idea of the words that you're speaking. Because what we're living now, oftentimes, is the harvest of the words that we've spoken in the past. I want you to think about this. When I was a kid growing up, I I had a lot of cheerleaders, uh, but I also had a lot of people speaking to my life in a negative way, including teachers, um, friends, quote, quote, friends. I see they're not friends now. Uh, but i had i had different things happen like this in my life and i began to realize that if i was going to do anything in life i was going to have to change the narrative of my own life i was going to have to overcome the constant berating of people telling me that I was not going to amount to anything, that I was destined for a life of a loser, that I was just gonna be nobody and nothing and no good for, you know. And 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 these were some of the words that were spoken to me when I was younger. Not by my family. My family was my biggest cheerleaders, okay? Outside of my family. These are some of the words, coaches, all that kind of stuff that were spoken to me. And I had to wrestle with this idea. When I became a Christian, I had to wrestle with this idea of wait a second, I'm reading in the Bible and I'm reading all of his plans and the purposes and the kind of life that God has for me. I'd read scriptures that say, you know, um, that, that we have life and life in abundance with him. And I was like, yeah, that's great for everybody else. But my life is not really lining up to that. It's not really matching up to that. And I had to really wrestle with this idea of, of coming to a fact that I had to overcome what was said about me. And I had to start speaking the kind of words out there for my own life. You know what I'm saying? I had to change the narrative. I had to flip the script. And so I had to, after I became a Christian, I started praying. I had to start really working from the inside out and say, you know what, Brian? You're going to be all right. You're, you're going to be more than all right. You're, you're going to do something in this life. And you're going to help people and you're going to love people. And, and people will be encouraged by your life. And, and I had to really start not only just speaking it but believing it. And as I was doing that, I began to see my life turn a corner. Where all of a sudden I was, had this hopelessness and this desperation to do something or be someone and I flipped it into this point of like, I, can, I can't do all things but I can do some things and the some things that I can do, I'll do. And I just started by serving and helping anywhere or anyone that I could do. And all of a sudden my life began to count and I began to live the words that I was speaking. Why? Because I had to learn how to speak it out. I had to become the prophet of my own life. For so many years, I allowed other people with the wrong words prophesy to me of what I was going to be or what I wasn't going to be, and I found out it did not align to the will of God. So I had to curse, curse those words, cancel those words, and begin to speak life over my own life. I had to become the prophet of my own life, okay? And so the power. Words are amazing, right? The same sentence to one person can carry all the weight of the world, while to someone else it means absolutely nothing. This is the power of your words. The power uh, that attitude has on life cannot be overestimated, my friends. It will be the catalyst for your success as well as your setbacks. Listen, the way you speak over your own life will either set you up for success or it will set you up for failure, right? The words that you're speaking right now, the words that you're thinking right now, the attitude that you carry, it's either going to bring you up or it's going to bring you down. That's, that's just natural. If you have the narrative in your head that, that, that nothing's going to change, do you know it's going to change? Nothing, right? But if you start carrying the weight of the word says that there's more for me, that I am an overcomer, I might not feel it, But this is what God is saying about me, so I can align myself with, you know what happens you start speaking that way? You start becoming an overcomer, piece by piece. You might stumble here and there, but overall, you're moving forward. You're having progress in your life. Why? Because you're learning to speak it out. Things that I'm living with today are things that I spoke out years ago. Come on. Come on. And if I'm lacking anything in my life, I realize that I begin to speak it out. Right? I can't tell you how many times my wife and I began to speak out that we were going to have a family. And after setback, after setback, disappointment, and after disappointment, right, all of a sudden, you know what happened one day? I held a child in my arms, and I was crying, and I was like, wow, sometimes I thought this was never going to happen, right? But we spoke it forward, and I'm pretty partial Other than the odd attitude adjustment that he needs here and there, he's pretty perfect. (laughs) Comes out with blue eyes. I'm like, what? (laughs) Right? Cute as a button, smart as a whip. He's got his mother's attitude. It's great. Because she's got a good attitude. Come on, don't take that the wrong way. Don't get me in trouble here. Why we began to speak it out? Instead of saying things like, hey, one day, maybe I'll be a dad. I began to speak forward. Lord, I thank you for the memories I'm going to make with my child, my children. I thank you they're going to be a blessing. I thank you for the gift of fatherhood. And Lord, remind me of this, this moment right here. Lord, remind me of this moment when things get tough, when I'm being waken up at 5 o'clock in the morning when I have to preach. And just remind me, and I'll do it, Lord. I, I, I'm so thankful that this is what's happened We begin to prophesy, we begin to speak over our own lives. I think that speaking life is an idea that is often misunderstood. Speaking life is about knowing and verbalizing the things are going to be okay in spite of your circumstances. That's what speaking life is. It's not that you ignore everything that's going on. It's, yeah, this is happening, but here's the thing better days are ahead. Better days are ahead. I'm coming out of this stronger. I'm coming out of this more equipped, more prepared. I'm coming out of this tougher. Come on, someone, right? Life doesn't go without its fair share of scars, but at the end of the day, it's what makes us us. It's what makes us stronger. I don't know about you, but every time that I feel like I'm, I'm up against a setback or a circumstance that seems insurmountable, now I look at it as an opportunity to say, God, let's do this. Let's see what we can ha- we'll, we'll, Let's see what can happen here. I begin to speak. I begin to declare, I speak over my son every single night I speak over him. I I speak the kind of things that I want to see in his life, that he's kind, that he's patient, that he's generous, that he loves people and is for people, that he's a joy to be around. These are the things that I speak over my son. Why? Because that's the character that I want him to have. And I understand that there's power in my words. If I keep going around and saying, oh, you're such a bad kid, you don't listen, this, that, we know, whatever, and I'm speaking, oh, you're so annoying. You know what's going to happen? It's going to be annoying, right? But because of the words we're speaking out, all of a sudden our lives begin to align with the words that we speak out. Number two, I'm coming in for a landing, Matthew. I see you getting ready over there. Sometimes you just got to call it out. Sometimes you just got to call it out. you got to speak life, but sometimes you just got to call it out. In Romans 4.17, um, I'm going to read just the bottom half of the Scripture. It says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is God's way of operating. He calls things out as though they exist, right? And so we have to begin to call out. You cannot be in between when it comes to speaking life. There's no room for silence, my friends. Just because you're not speaking death, just because you're not saying the bad things, doesn't necessarily mean that we're speaking the right things. This is a concept that took me some time uh, to fully understand. But as we've previously gone over, speaking life isn't only for you. Look, look at this. Speaking life can positively affect all who are around you. When you make it known that you set out to do, people take notice, right? Right? You ever bump into someone from the time they're a kid, they're like, I'm going to be this or I'm going to do this. And then you just, and they're always talking about, it. I'm going to be a hockey player or I'm going to be an artist or I'm going to do this. And from the time they're young, they're always saying like, when I get older, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden, you know what happens? They end up doing it. Right? Why? Because they've been calling it out. They've been calling it for it. didn't exist, but that didn't bother them. They began to call it out. And even though maybe some of the giftings, maybe some of the time, maybe some of the talents didn't align with what they wanted to do, they began to call it out, and they were working out their giftings. Right? I remember I was like 17 years old, freshly saved, and I just knew I had a love for people, and I didn't know where it was going to take me. Listen, I, was, I'm, I fully admit it. I was not the best student. Right? I was not the best student. I did not have the best marks in the standard of the world. I was not qualified for any further education. They had done what they had done, and that was going to be it. But I knew I loved people. I knew that I had a heart for people. And I just said, Lord, I don't know what it is that I'm going to do with my life, but Father, some way, shape, form, I just want to help people. I just want to make an impact on people's lives. And all of a sudden, I started feeling like the pull to be a pastor. And I didn't even know what being a pastor meant. I thought being a pastor was doing this 24-7, just preaching and having a fun time. And then I became a pastor, and I realized that this is about 2% of what you have to do, right? This is, this is part of it, but it's not all of it. And I realized that behind the scenes to help people, there's a lot of time and effort that is required that goes into it. And began to just speak forth i'm going to help people i'm going to believe in people when no one else believes in them i i want to be a friend when no one else is around I, i want to lift people up lord every time i encounter someone i just want to leave them in a better state this is my desire don't always get it right but but lord i this is my desire i wanted to know and father that whatever you shape form that you want to use me this is it when you declare it you make the decision to state it as a fact you don't go from maybe one day I'll own a home. No, your declaration as you're calling it is like, I will own a home. It'll be a nice home. with a nice backyard. Good neighbors. And you start to declaring it. Start calling it forth. Even if it doesn't seem like it exists. And lastly, we cannot speak the right words if our heart isn't in the right place. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so in order to bring ourselves to a place where the words that we're speaking are significant, we've got to make sure that our heart is in the right place. We've got to bring ourselves to full submission to God and to his plan and to his purpose. God wants progress for you. You need to understand that today you were born to rise above, not to sink below. Because faith is the substance of things that are hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says that we can walk by faith and not by sight. Although your senses are deprived, your faith will allow you to carry on. Just because you cannot see it now does not mean that it won't come later. See, it takes faith, The Bible says the size of a mustard seed. But it also takes a lot of hard work. And it takes stepping out to make sure that we come to a place where the words that we're speaking are significant. I finish with this. I believe that speaking life all comes down directly to your attitude of the heart. You can't always control your circumstances or your surroundings. You you figure that out? All my control freaks, they're all like, I can control everything. I can do it. (laughs) You can't. Actually, the more that I think I can control, the more I realize I I don't have any at all. (laughs) I'll prove it to you. Tomorrow morning, someone cuts you off. You tell me how in control you are. You tell me you're, you're not burning with indignation. It's Monday, the coffee hasn't hit yet and they think they're more important than you to cut you off. Like, listen, it's true. The more I realize I can control everything, I can't control nothing. There's, a, there's one thing I can't control. I can't control my circumstances. I can't control my surroundings a lot of the time, but what I can control is how I react. I can control this thing. Pastor Rick told my wife and I this a long time ago. He said, you need to learn how to stay sweet in every sour situation, and you will win at life. Wow all comes from here. This starts here. What you're feeling in here will ultimately come out of here. I'll spend an hour, two hours with you and I'll know exactly what's going on in here because this does not betray. Good or bad, it'll come out of here at one point or another. We can fake it till we make it all we want but at one point or another we will slip. and We will let out what's going on in here. Your attitude, listen to this, will either be an asset or a liability. There is no in-between. So I encourage you today, we're going to live the kind of life that is a life of significance, of influence, of power. We're going to leave the kind of legacy behind that is more than just binge-watching Netflix. we got to start with the words that we're speaking. I want you to just take a minute right now before the presence of the Lord to examine your life and say, Lord, are the words that I'm speaking, are they bringing life are they bring encouragement? Are they lifting others up around me? Are the words that I'm speaking to myself, are they aligning with what you're saying about me, Lord? Or is there room for improvement? Have I slipped a little? Do I goof off from time to time and say things about me that don't line up with your plan or your will or your way? And if so, it's okay. There's room for improvement. We can take a moment right now before the Lord, make things right. But here's what I do know, is when my heart is right before the Lord, my words begin to follow. There's only one way that we can really make things right with God, and that's by accepting the grace that he's given towards us. The Bible says a lot of amazing things. But one of the things that it says is that salvation is ours. There's no way that we can buy it, there's no way that we can earn it. There's nothing that we can do to even deserve it. It's been extended to us as a sign of his love for us, for you, for me. The Bible says all we have to do is receive it. And the way that we do that is by confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that he is Lord. And that, my friends, is the beginning of living a life of significance. Accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the starting point for helping your words align for helping your words speak life rather than death so you can change the way you speak you can change the words but at the end of the day if we don't fix this thing in here this heart of ours if we don't get that in line with the will and the way of the Lord eventually our mouth will always deceive us But when this thing is right all of a sudden this thing starts to follow and all of a sudden we start to switch the language. Instead of speaking the language of fear, we begin to speak the language of faith. Instead of trying to pull down, we build up. Instead of being jealous, we celebrate. This is what happens when we receive the Lord Jesus as our Savior. And so today, we say this prayer every week. I've said this probably a thousand plus times, easily. But it does not mean that it loses its power. It does not mean that it gives me an opportunity to examine myself and say, Lord, I just want you to know that I'm giving myself afresh to you. So if you've never said this prayer, we're going to say it all together so we don't try to embarrass anyone around here. But let's say this prayer together today. Let's say, Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me learn about you and to grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.